welcome to another uh, week of fun here at Ultra Universe Live with your host, Rob Glasser of Ultra Universe. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, all right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, hope you're joining us from somewhere awesome. We are all over Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and the whole nine yards. Um, and always, uh, we are... Um, uploading these to our pages. So if you haven't subscribed yet to our YouTube, you'll be able to find all these awesome videos there as well. And you can talk to us even after the show's over. So that's pretty cool. Before we forget, um, as we always do, if you guys haven't yet, go check out our Stay Nerdy shop. The link will be up in the uh, comments right now. It has all of our awesome goodies, shirts, hats, clothes, even stuff for the pups, and much, much more. Now, we obviously can't do these alone, so we're going to have an awesome guest that you may know. She's frequent to the uh, videos. Um, and before we get into it, we are going to go over a roundtable today. Today is actually a themed roundtable, part one of part two, funny enough, because we happen to have her back for both. And today we are going to talk some animated films in an order that you old timers out there may remember when you get that cool little thing before the movie starts. Um... That sounded much better in my head than it did out loud. But without further ado, the awesome Victoria from Disney Versus here. Hi! There she is. Hope you had an awesome weekend over there. I survived! <laughs> Yay! Cool. Uh, it's windy as hell right now, so I don't know what's going on. Oh, it, it is up here, too. It's like I'm over it. It's making my asthma just have loads of fun. I'm, uh, yeah, two hours ago, I couldn't even speak. So we're doing good. Lovely. There you go. Yeah, allergies, <laughs> all that stuff. Not yes. Um, all right, so let's have some fun now to get our minds okay. off the weird weather here. Um, and we'll start off kind of like an old timey movie theater. So we're going to give you first a short film here, very short, literally, from the Spark Shorts uh, line from Pixar. This one is called Float, which is a very cute little movie here. Yeah. Uh, a father learns that his son can surprise, surprise, float. Um, and at first he shields him away from the world because he's worried about what people might say mm -hmm. or think or do. And by the end of it, as any good kids movie is, the father embraces his son's differences yes. and they all live happily ever after. Um, so I've done a couple of these before and we've gone over diff different ones. This one kind of, you know, the, the point of it is very good, you know, about accepting yeah. your differences. But it's also kind of a very vague little film here. Um, I really, you know, up until the end when he had his little dedication, I kind of really wasn't sure what was going on because I thought it was just Pixar, you know, being cute and being, oh, look, they're making people fly. Um, what was your first thought when you uh, saw this? Well, I am a parent, even though my child is now an adult and taller than me. Um, but as a parent, um, you know, all of our kids have areas that they're strong in and they're not. And then if you ever have a special needs kids, for me, it was very emotional because it immediately brought to mind a child who was different. In the dedication, I definitely got the impression that I bet you this was an autistic child, someone who yeah. needed help, who who definitely... Um, you know, we love to put things into pretty little boxes and kids should act like X, Y, and Z. And 
And I think that's wrong. And I can understand as an parent, you don't want your kid to be bullied. You don't want your kid to be picked on. You, you want to protect them from all the ugliness that is out there. And the fact that at the end, he's like, you know what? Screw it. My kid's going to be who he is and you people can suck it. You know, um, and as a parent, that's how I read it. And I, I have seen that short a few times now. And I rewatched it with my husband and son the other day. And even my son was a little sniffled. You, you know, it just it's so touching the way that those shorts are by Pixar. I mean, those things, you know, there's five, ten minutes max. And they so tug at your heartstrings. Oh, and yeah. they go, okay. Yeah, sure. You know, <laughs> no, they're they're great. I mean, as somebody per, you know, personally, you know, ADD stuff like that. It it's it's nice to see it coming out more often. Um, it's always weird because you never know how the show or the movie is going to do it. Right. Um, for an example, um, I'm a fan of Chicago Med show. Uh, we watch it here all the time, and a lot of the times, they uh, one of the, uh, Oliver Platt's character plays the the hospital psychiatrist mm -hmm. there. And there's always some sort of, of uh, mental uh, case going on. And it's always interesting to see because he, you know, he kind of plays the kind of doctor that you would want who is really just trying to figure out what the hell is going on and isn't really putting any pressure or, or name on it. He just kind of figure out, you know, why you're feeling bad, like what, you know, what, what's going on here. And this little short here kind of did the same thing because it was so, um, it wasn't so specific it actually was more fun to watch because I didn't look at it as a, a PSA. I looked at it as just kind of a cute little thing. And then at the end with, you know, dedicated to all people who have, you know, especially as kids, you know, it's, all, it's the icing on the cake. And uh, the one I did yeah. last week, um, you know, Pearl about, you know, women. In the oh, world I ladies. love that one too. And then there was one about, you know, the music brought his daughter back to life after mm -hmm. uh, they do it very well. You know, sometimes you kind of look and you go, okay, this is Pixar. Why are they doing such a hardcore thing? The joke at our house is it's called Family Feud. This is not a family show. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things where, you know, you look at it, you're like, why are they saying these things? And then you're like, okay, I, I, I get it. But, you know, but in this particular case here, it wasn't too pushing over the top. It kind of made its point. It had fun. And then by the end of it, like you said, it kind of gave you the tear. And you're like, okay, that was a very ah uh, sentimental moment yeah and then you, you kind of move on with your day so you know pixar is doing pretty well um i, mm -hmm. I don't know what you know i i some the other guests i talked to i guess they're kind of doing they're making more so i guess this is a new thing for them well um, i love it because they're giving some of their various filmmakers who may work on big projects but they're not the directors of toy story right. and so it it seems to be um in the vein of that student film where you have a couple of filmmakers who are doing something that that means something. It's, they're usually very personal or very emotional. And I love them because they pack such a punch. And it's getting these names out of animators. And anyone who's ever worked in animation, it is so difficult. There are not enough spots for some amazingly talented people. And, you know, you look at all these and although maybe they're produced by all the big wigs over at Pixar, right. but the director, the writer, they're always these people that, you know, bet you their name was somewhere way down at the end of a Pixar movie that they worked on it. But, you know, it gives them a chance to shine. And I love these because sometimes you just need, oh, let's watch what's the new short that they've got on, on Disney right. and see what it is. And I have... 
I've enjoyed, I'm going to say about 98% of them. I can't, I, I know there's been a couple that it was like, yeah, it was okay. But almost every single one of them resonate. I mean, like Pearl, you know, I'm a woman in business, so it so resonates with me. Hey. Um, <laughs> you hear the yarn ball that became. I that. am that yarn ball, that obnoxiously loud yarn ball. And uh, <laughs> so I think that somehow they've managed to hit. And even if, you know, you aren't the parent of a special child or you, you aren't a, a Asian mother like in Bao and, you know, you've got all of these, it resonates because as a parent, I understand the feeling or as a woman or as, as someone who grew up on the East coast or you know, everything I watch, it's like, Oh my God, it somehow it hits me. How do they do that? It's your life in, in multiple <laughs> five-minute segments, right? Um, but yeah, yeah and, and most people seem to really like them. But I like your point you brought up about uh, the, the no names of, of the Pixar world or the Disney world or whoever, because um, yeah. it is good. And hopefully, you know, maybe this will lead them to, you know, uh, be the main person on mm -hmm. another movie coming up. Um, and, but you're right. I mean, generally in the film and TV, it is hard. Once you're good at what yeah. you do, they come back to you. So like the people who make these Chicago shows, the people who did Law and Order, you know, all those guys, that's their niche. So like you're right. not going to find somebody else because they do it so well. Why mess with the system? It's great. Exactly. But it kind of, you know, it's, no, I mean, it, it's good, but it kind of sucks. You're right. Because then it kind of, it limits the other people. It's like, yeah. you know, Spielberg. How does the next person life. break through? How does the next person get their face or their name or their drawings out there? It, it just, it's, it's hard, even pre pandemic, it's hard. And now you've got this pandemic where, you know, Pixar sent everyone home and everyone's been working from home, which right. let's think about what they do. You can actually do it, but it just. Oh, computers. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, meeting by zoom or however else they might meet it just, um, I love, I love this push for the shorts. Because sometimes you just need a little thing, and and I think that it's been amazing and it showcased so much talent. Yeah, it is, and uh, we're excited to see what comes next. I mean, I'm sure they have a loads up their sleeves. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, hey, who does it? Because I mean, and it's funny because I kind of said the old timer thing because I know, like, you know, my dad's told mm -hmm. me that in the past that's what you did. You got a little cartoon beginning, so this is yes. kind of like that thing. You know, there here's your little pre preview. Yes. And Here's the feature film. Um, yeah. So it's fun. And it, I think that's one of the reasons why cartoons work so well. I mean, who doesn't want to sit down and watch Bugs Bunny for a couple mm -hmm. minutes? YouTube, all that stuff makes it great because you can now just watch like a five, 10 minute cartoon. Yeah. Be on your way because it's, it's right in front of you. So short films are great. I'm sure we'll, there's more to come. Uh, funny enough, they're all Pixar now, but I'm sure I'm missing studios that have other. <laughs> I just don't know who they are. Um, but next up now, and again, going from one totally end of the stick to the other, and oh lord, oh my, what the hell is happening here? Um, <laughs> I, I I look back and go, why did I decide to talk about this? And I'm like, I'm just giving myself crazy, whatever. So of course, we all know Mr. Hans Christian Anderson, aka yes. HDA now, because it's so much easier to say than saying his full name out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I, I had to put that out there because literally, like in these this these cartoon episodes, that's what they call him HCA. They don't call yeah, him. But here's the funny thing: I want to tell you this right off the bat. That cartoon 
had this much to do with the actual story. It put three facts from the story, not in the Disney one. And then the ending is close, but wrong. No, I'm glad you said that because I actually want that was the main that was my main you, you just you there you, you you ruined my uh, um, sorry it's that oh, English God. degree complete <laughs> um, leave go um so yeah I know okay so of course we know this guy Anderson the, the creator of such wonderful fables as everything that Disney ruined or made better I don't know um, no I disagree <laughs> although so, I do like their ugly duckling they kept it faithful. Oh, there you go. That's true. So, of course, this man was the man who pretty much invented the fairy tale, but the the adult fairy tale, um, which then led to other authors to create the, you know, happier fairy tales, which then eventually led Disney to be like, hey, let's make movies out of this stuff, because that's what Disney does. They steal everything. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, So one of the biggest ones, obviously, here is the story of the Little Mermaid. And this is the episode that we watched over the weekend um, about the unnamed mermaid, because in his version, mm-hmm. not a freaking name. There is no name. Well, the, there uh, is, but I'll tell you that in a minute. Okay. And the story goes where, you know, she meets her prince. She wants to be a human to fall in love. She actually, there is the sea witch who looks more actually cooler in his version than Ursula, but that's besides the point. Um, Basically curses her, blesses her, whatever you want to call it, to get legs, become a human. And, of course, the prince picks the other woman, and she's destined to die, which she ends up doing. Um, and that, that's the, we're, we're going to keep this clean here, because obviously there's things we don't want to well, say. Well, there's a very long history to the story of the Little Mermaid. It goes back to the Dark Ages, um, when there was a, a fable of sorts where it talked about um, a woman and her daughter that they kept telling the husband, never look at us when we're in the bath. And it turned out that they were mer people. And that story in the early 1800s was changed into, um, there's four or five different operas, there's ballets, um, and it's called Undine. And Undine is the story that Hans Christian Andersen then borrows. And... um, and it expands on that. I mean, it was a mythology, goes back, you you see it in in you know uh Danish, Norse, um, all the Finland, that whole area. There's lots of stories about mermaids. Now, what most people don't know, um, Hans Christian Andersen was typical of his times, you know, he he wrote his in the mid to late 1800s. Um, it is a very Christian story. Most people have no idea because they have never read the fairy tale. They just go by either the really bad versions or the really bad Disney version. I have a huge problem with the Disney version. I'm fine with them leaving out the whole, because mermaids are born without eternal souls. The only way that they can give up, they have to give up the 300 years and they can get a soul if they can get a human to love them, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the part about the second girl that is not Ursula. Um, I actually like Ursula, but that's just cause it's based on divine and I love divine. She was heavenly, but um, <laughs> she's one of my favorite people of all time, but I digress. So, you know, you have this story and the story's very involved and there's all sorts of things. And the reason that she turns into sea foam is because she didn't get her soul, but, 
she does become a daughter of the air, which was the original um, title of his story before he called it the little mermaid. Oh, and, okay. and it's not quite the way it's depicted in the short. I, I got to tell you, this is some of the worst animation I've ever seen. I had a hard time getting through. I mean, even if, if I wasn't looking at it compared to any other virgin version or even the book, um, I, I watched it with my husband and son and we were just dying. It was badly drawn, badly spoken, badly written. And the ending made even less sense. And the <laughs> reason, I had to explain what really happened to my husband and son. Cause I, okay, how to, we're missing something. What the heck happened? Um, but you see this too often in too many versions of the little mermaid where they try to give it a happy ending. Rule number one, Hans Christian Andersen very rarely has a happy ending. You read Little Match Girl, she dies. You read The Red Shoes, she dies. You read The Little Mermaid, she dies. Get a theme? There's a theme going on in, you know. Andersen doesn't like people, does he? <laughs> he did have a difficult life. But, um, <laughs> but it just, you know, this forced happy ending um, I don't like Disney's, but this one was actually a million times worse. And and then another one started to pop up on YouTube, you know, like the next chapter. I'm like, I don't care what it is. I don't want to watch it. Um, it just, I, I normally I don't go, oh, this is crap. But, oh, this is crap. I just, the, the, all of that got to me was the fact that the beginning was a strange guy was telling two children a carriage stories. And I'm like, who are these people? And why are they with this strange man? I, I read up a little bit on this series and that's what it was. It's kind of like, you know, grandpa telling the two kids some fairy tales as they're on a trip, you know? And it's like, okay, don't try and be Prince's bride because you're not that either. Um, you know. I know. So, so the, the, what, I, what, what came to mind though, because obviously we know, and you made a point of it multiple times now. Obviously, the Disney one is is all made up as far as any story. I mean, there's nothing compares other than the main characters, and even then, you know, there's no crab in the book. There's no whatever. Um, no, as far as Sebastian is, he doesn't exist. Uh, right. So the the question here, and I think you might have kind of answered it. Um, is the original one the kind of the better, truer story because that's what the story was supposed to be? Or is there something to the Disney one that that we missed? You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like the Hans Christian Andersen is truer because that that's the story, right? Like That's, that's true. the story he wrote. Now, my thing would be is that if it had a similar ending and there was no forced happy ending, um, oh. The Disney one wouldn't be so bad. I could deal with all the things because it's got some good things for it. It's got some good characters. Of course, it's got good animation. It's got good actors in it. Um, but, and I'm fine with the fact that, you know, even as a Christian, it's a little heavy handed in the book. I mean, you know, because the entire story is about getting a soul so that you can die and go to heaven. Okay. Um, and, and I get it, that is the story, that is the parable, but the underneath story, if you want to make it more palatable to a wider audience, I could see leaving parts of that out, and that would be fine. But I think trying to force that happy ending, and so many other versions have done that, even ones that, like this one that attempted to, to touch on the ending, you know, she doesn't die, she becomes a daughter of the heir, and she oversees 
um, uh, the, the world and she gets a soul and basically she kind of becomes an angel. And, um, it, you know, I could, I could deal with toning down some of this stuff, making it more palatable to today's audiences, even the 1990s audiences. But, you know, in the beginning, when you look at uh, Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and even Cinderella, they were fairly faithful to leaving out some of the gory bits um, to the writings of the Grimm brothers and some of the French authors like Cinderella based more on the French author, where it really kind of captures that. Um, you know, Snow White could never be made today because people would be like, oh, my God, the witch dies is horrible, gross death. We can never show that again. Um, you know, I mean, Bambi's mother gets shot and we know it. Something happened in the late 80s where all of a sudden children could not be told that there was death. It has to happen off screen and we can't know what happened. We can't see the queen fall off the cliff. Um, um, I just, I'm sorry. I just have, I have problems with cleaning things up so much that it doesn't reflect reality because reality is ugly and dirty and sometimes weird. I, ironically, Emperor's New Groove <laughs> is a lot, is, is, is a huge departure from the Little Mermaid. Lion King gets a little rough, but you know, it, it's too black hat, white hat, no crossover. Nobody's a great character and and i think that's where sometimes they start to lose it in the 90s they call it you know the resurgence the new gold era of of disney and i kind of find it bland and i find it you, you know everything has to fit a certain trope and and nothing really bad happens to anybody you know the worst that happens is ariel almost loses her true love you, you know <laughs> so I'm like, why force a happy ending? I don't know. Maybe if they had totally come up with a brand new mermaid story, because there are there are thousands of mermaid stories out there that right. go centuries that they could have picked from to do it based on Hans Christian Andersen. You know, at least when it comes to like Frozen, they originally started with the Snow Queen, also a Hans Christian Andersen story. Right. And then they decided as they were developing the characters that they didn't want to tell that story. They wanted to take some pieces. So they're very honest about it. You know, we took some pieces and it was like we brainstormed after reading this book and going, oh, but what if we make it about sisters and we not focus so much on, on the boy-girl relationships that we're kind of all done with? Um, you know, says a woman who's been married for 30 years. <laughs> nice to see a story i mean i've got three sisters right i love stories about sisters and closeness and i also have two brothers but you know uh, it's not quite the same as sisters <laughs> and i love my sisters and i'd i'd fight somebody to the death for one of my sisters right so it's kind of like it, it was really nice that they took the idea of the snow queen and they totally fess up about it. We took the idea. We were originally planning to do that. But then we felt like the characters moved in another direction. So it is very, very loosely based on the Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen. Right. They should have said that with The Little Mermaid. And I'm sure with many it others. really kind of 
Yeah, it's just just say that you're taking something and it's inspired by because I mean, it makes it easier. And and I mean, come on, these these authors are way long gone. They're not going to give a damn anymore. Like they're they're not around. Uh, some of them still have estates that renew the copyright. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, I know uh, what's his name, Tolkien, and and uh, yes. I think Carol, um, whatever. But but in the, I yeah. mean, there's a lot of stories that were you know taken out of context in a way um for and you know a book though a book like lord of the rings though you can have more fun with because of now all the cgi all that cool stuff then you right. got a book also wonderland you're like what the hell is that guy smoking literally and figuratively because yes I, it's important I, to understand the victorian age i will tell you off screen what i know about that separately from a different experience you know but uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, it happened, and a lot of his are like that. And you brought up the Grimm's fairy tale, and I know they made that the, the Heath Ledger movie, and they kind of made fun of the Grimm's fairy tale thing. It's a, there's a lot of wrong for multiple reasons. Whether it's like, oh, you can't do that on TV today, or you're just like, what the hell was that lady doing? You know, there's a lot of things that just are not okay. And it's funny how animation and what's funny is that this the series i think was made over overseas in europe so it's, it's yes. those type of the children but it's funny how so many studios now try to do that and make these cartoons they have to know what they're making and the fact that they're overseeing or no like overlooking the fact that they're literally taking out the best it's a little weird that they're not, you know, being, hmm, let's try to make this a little bit better, shall well, we? Well, there's a lot of times that anytime you've got a big property, I mean, we, we always joke about the sci-fi channel and it's knockoffs, you know, um, instead of Pacific Rim, it's Atlantic Rim, you know. <laughs> well, my favorite, the Transmorphers instead of the Transformers. Like, really? Did you yes. not you would figure that out? And there's so many people that, you know, sometimes they'll just plug a name onto uh, an already existing movie and they'll repackage it and yet and you're like okay well what does this have to do and it was very clear that they took some bits and pieces from the um disney little mermaid that came out a decade earlier right. because there were things that okay sorry the only place in the universe that that concept exists is in the disney version so it just it's very clear that they were doing a cheap ass version <laughs> of popular fairy tales and taking from better versions to kind of say okay well here's a story everyone knows we're just going to have fun with it but i'm sorry that animation style i mean i'm yeah. it, the 1930s looked better than this it, it's their yeah it's their 100 budget that they had and now yes that was clearly um, someone was drawing weirdly we're going to the next one really quick because i they're oh, yes is an actual movie uh similar but because it was shot and done uh in europe and asia you can't stream it here because of the um, rules and stuff so i was trying to find the actual movie but every time i came across it i was getting two minute fragments and you literally have to watch like 50 of them to get the whole thing so there is one out there i'm trying to figure out what the hell it is it's more anime style, which actually is pretty damn cool looking. Ooh. Because we live here, Amazon Prime and all that stuff, they don't want to deal with the with the, the yeah. issues. So they're not streaming it. And actually, one we're talking about on Friday, same different same thing, because one of them, because it's a UK franchise, they don't want to sell it here. 
unless you buy the DVD. So we'll talk about right. that on Friday. But so there is a bunch of versions. There's a Little Mermaid live action apparently from 2018 that basically is more of a love story than anything. But you know the main character mm. is a mermaid. There's a so there's a lot of things on it. We brought this one up. God knows why. I think I was just I was sleeping. I don't know. You know what? But it's good though because there are some extremely bad quality that. Uh, always likes to bounce on top of something that made money. And there, there always will be that that thrown together, um, piecemealed, God knows how they were able, whatever. Um, you know, <laughs> so you're always going to have that. And there's always going to be what I call the, the knockoff cartoons, where it's it's not just competing high-end cartoon companies, um, but this is a story and various stories about mermaids and other mythical creatures have existed as basically as far back as humankind has. Um, so it becomes a, oh, well, I can tell this story because I'm not going to tell that story. But, you know, and the problem is, is ever since The Little Mermaid and Disney came out, is anytime there's a mermaid story, they compare it, you know, forgetting the bazillion, I mean, come on, splash. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, I... There we go. Back to what well, that was had to be in the eighties because I think I was still in high school when they came out. I don't remember, um, but you know you have all of these movies that um, have uh, um, mermaids in them that have nothing to do with the Little Mermaid story. So sure. it's totally it, it's totally doable, and mermaids and any ha half breed, you know, centaurs. Um, um, satyrs, can't think of some of the others, the nymphs, the sprites, the fairies, very, very popular in pretty much every society. So there's always movies you can find. And it's really stinks because I love some of the, the Japanese um, animations. Uh, I, when I lived in Hawaii, I had a friend who worked at a video store and we had all the latest anime. It's like, oh, Friday night, movie night, VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind it before you return it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, no, speaking of fairies, though, that was a great yes. over there. And I'm surprised. This is actually a very clever movie for a kind of off franchise thing. Uh, Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue, part of what apparently is like a load of Tinkerbell movies, uh, <laughs> follows the story of Tinkerbell being captured by a little girl and kind of that little. Peter Pan-esque, you know, the little girl wants to be closer to her father and Tinkerbell kind of like helps her do so. And all the while, the rest of the fairies are on their way, which kind of reminded me of Henry I Shrunk the Kids right there, trying to get through the grass, trying to find their, you know, friend Tinkerbell. Um, of course, you had a Brazilian named Mae Whitman, Lucy Liu, Christian Chenoweth, who was so obvious that I was like, really? That's her. Raven's oh, yeah. She was way too small a, a, a character, I'm telling you. I know. And a bunch of other Disney characters as well. Yes. As well some other outside uh, Scottish and English actors as well. Um, but it was very well done. I got to say for a 35-year-old kid guy right here, it was actually a fun movie to watch. Um, you know, we watched it uh, over the weekend as well. Um, it's it's funny because you, you find from this one, you don't have to be a fan of Peter Pan to enjoy the mm -hmm. TV you can actually enjoy her on her own kind of turf. And again, the fairies are completely separate from that universe. Other than the fact that Tinkerbell is in it, that is the only real connection in all of these movies 
to the the franchise. It has nothing to do really with any of the Peter Pan movies, um, right. Disney or otherwise, not to mention the sequels that I've yet to watch to Peter Pan, God help us all. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, oh, 30 years later, let's do a direct to VHS sequel. Because every movie needs a two. Apparently uh, so. But no, this one definitely, this one actually was funny. It was, it was you know, hour, 20 minutes, very short, but it had yeah. all the classic Disney movies. You had the cat, you had the, you know, magical stuff. You had all the funny aspects of a Disney movie and you didn't really kind of ex realize you're watching it until, you know, you realize it was a Disney film, but it could have been any animated studio and it was that really cool. And I don't know if it, you know, the act, the, I think I would say the voice acting was number one. The mm -hmm. uh, art obviously was great. And then of course you just got the, I mean, that freaking cat was hilarious. It made me think of the Cinderella cat and the face oh, on that. Oh yeah, Lucifer. Punched you all in the face for putting me outside in the rain. What yeah. is your deal, lady? Um, but there was, it was so many different things about it. And again, it's surprising to see, cause I went into going, okay, this is going to be horrible. But like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a dude. I'm no, it actually did surprisingly well. It was an early version of uh, good CGI animation, you know, back, you know, in between the, when it looked really funky and now when it looks fabulous, it, it was actually a really good version. I think that if you like fairies at all, you you know, watch it. It's cute. The whole series is cute. Um, my only problem with this movie and with some of the other series is that, um, and th this is where it's a problem when you like movies and you like books because everything's derivative. And, and, and this so, goes back to mermaids. Um, yeah, I know. But it just sometimes it gets to be a little difficult when it's like, oh, hold it, I saw this in another fairy movie. What fairy movie was that? But I think other than the fact that I kind of knew what was going to happen, yes, I'm 50-something years old, so of course I know what's going to happen. But um, it was cute. We, we were all like, oh, well, this is better than we thought it was going to be. Um, right. so, and I think that, you know, even if you're a parent of a child and your child wants to watch it, don't worry. You're not going to go nuts and pull your hair out. Um, <laughs> it's an hour long most of the rest of the time. Oh, super short. Super short. doesn't even feel that long. So past the voice cast, obviously, this is actually 11 years old. Mm -hmm. It came out in 2010, so a lot sooner than I realized. And then, of course, the, the uh, rest of them kind of came out sporadically every few right. years. Um, then we got to the music scored by Joel McNeely. Um, I looked him up. I what did, uh, okay. So, well, funny enough, the first thing I came up was the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which is a whole nother ball of yarn right there. Um, but again, uh, he did, you know, Balto, uh, Avengers, Terminal mm -hmm. Velocity, Dark Angel. He did the trailer music for Toy Story. So again, being picked or being Disney as they are, they pick a guy. And again, this soundtrack, there's 27 scores on this. Yeah. I believe a couple songs because I remember them singing in the background. So again, music, music, music. I don't want to say that's what they rely on, but I got to say, and I'm sure you'd agree. I think it was definitely an integral part. Nine times out of 10, if you say Disney, you're going to remember a song before anything else. Yes. Just they've kind of got that marrying, um, even in a non musical, which I wouldn't really call this a musical, right? Um, some songs, but not like that. But when you have, um, you know, 
there's been clips over the years, like at the Oscars and other things where they go, well, here's what it looks like without the music. Now you throw in that music and, you know, because the, the composers know how to evoke the motion. So the music is there to help cement the emotion you're supposed to feel. So where you see something with absolutely no sound and you go, oh, that's sad. But then you've got that swelling scene music and, and you remember it. And it kind of goes into the whole psychology of a sound, a smell, a taste can evoke a memory for you. And I think that Disney is one of those studios, whether you're talking live action, um, whether you're talking remakes, whether you're talking new, it just the music resonates with you as a person. So, you know, the composers really know how to get your emotions in the right place. It's like, oh my God, this is so sad, you know? <laughs> no, and you're right. And it's very true. Now, really quick, because I know we talked about this uh, Disney Channel actors on our other video, Bridget Mendler actually did one of the covers of the songs, How to Believe. Yeah. So that also brings you full circle back to, oh, well, full we circle. have people, let's use them because, you know, they already work for us. What the hell? Yeah. The other uh, musicians, one, Kara uh, Dillon, who is an Irish folk singer, and then the other one was Holly Brooke, a fairly young, she started at the age of 17 in 2004, uh, a singer who was signed on, uh, oh, she, her name, she goes by Skylar Gray. I think I actually know her stage name better, more than her original mm. name. So you got, so not only do you get the feels, but mm -hmm. you get to look and you get to see somebody you actually recognize, you're like, hey, that's kind of cool. Um, oh, good. So released in the UK on August 13, 2010, a couple weeks later, 28th here in Beverly Hills, in order to actually make it eligible for that year's Academy Awards, Best Animated Feature, of course, I don't think it won, but no. Disney, they wanted to make sure it had the chance to be there. So Always. You know, so they opened it up. El Capitan did their whole big deal. Yep. Um, that same year, it was put out on DVD and Disney Channel for television later in those months. Now, of course, we get to the always fun <clears throat> product placement. Disney loves video games, apparently. And I'm not going to balk because I did play Sega. I played the Aladdin game. I played the Lion King game. Horrible graphics, but I would so give those. I would, if I could get those back, I would. Nintendo DS has literally the same name. Yeah, I Ether, know. Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue. So they really didn't take too much effort in trying to make it a you know different thing. Um, and basically, you know, being the DS, you have the touchscreen thing, and you basically you play with the fairies and you make them do stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I don't really, at this point, and we've said this multiple billion times, we're going to say it again later, I'm sure. I'm not surprised. This is what you do. You make money. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's really not much to say on it other than, you know, as a parent, I mean, did, did your son play the Disney games or is this kind of not up the alley of, you know, him when he was younger? Um, I don't think he played any of these games. He was very much... Star Wars, Cars, Legos, um, all the same stuff I was into it as a kid. Um, well, I was never into Cars. That's my husband. But, um, <laughs> hey, when you're four foot 11, you just don't get into Cars. You're, you're lucky to get a car you can see over the dash on. Come on. Sentence grammar right there, but that's the movie. Yes, I know. I don't want to drive like this. I want to drive like this. So I was never into Cars. But, um, 
you know, I I did like the fairy tales. I was, but for me, it was like the the old old ones. Right. Um, by the time this one came out, yeah, my son was born, and um, he kind of wasn't into it. But I had some nieces and sisters who were into it, and I was just, I don't know. For me, it's it's a cute story, but it's it's probably not one that's ever going to go on my shelf. Um, which I know is hard to believe considering how big my shelves are. Um, it, it's just, it's cute. It's cute to watch once. I think that the whole series was sweet. So yeah, now at that same time, that was probably during the tailspin and the ducktails and right. the duck, duck. He was far more into those and I was far more into those. I love those. I just, I don't know. I think I'm not a girly girl and um, contrary to what some people think. And I just, I don't know. I just, I felt it was too much of the same thing over and over again. Wasn't very deep. Wasn't very, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I need a little something more. Throw in a few inappropriate adult jokes in there for me, please. Um, I did like the fact that it was Michael Sheen playing the father. I was like, oh, I know that voice, you know. <laughs> I said that to her. I was like, oh, it's the, the Good Omens guy from that the TV show. Yes. Um, but, yeah, so, of course, you know, the game is there, Nintendo DS. I'm sure it's probably still sold on eBay if anybody has a DS. Yeah. Um, last up here, the reception, opening weekend, it was number 10. So it was not high up. It was between. It was behind movies such as Toy Story 3, Night and Day, Inception, A-Team, The Last Airbender. Um, I think it was one of those movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was one of those movies that did well enough in the movie theaters to go out in the movie theaters. But I think that it was the DVD sales that were far more. That was one of those that, that you know, the kids are going to want to watch that one over and over again from home. Um, you, you know, it's cute. It's, it's, I know I keep saying cute because I, I don't have a really good adjective for it. It's, it's a nice movie. It's not horrible especially like if we compare it to that little mermaid thing. Um, and it's just, it's not horrible. It's just, you know, I think it's just taste. If you like that style of movie, I mean, again, you've got the, there, there's no mother in the picture. So it's, it's appropriate for Disney. Um, you know, there's always got to be a dead parent. You know that, right? And uh, <laughs> you're now, how do you explain Pocahontas then? I'm sorry. I had to do that. Um, she has no mother, does she? Oh yeah, huh? Damn you! Damn you! All right, no, um, no, you make very valid points. Um, so, of course, if anybody want to watch it, uh, I watched on Disney Plus, but it's anywhere. I think, and I think most of them are on Disney Plus right now. Most of the fairy movies, it's it's a good thing. You need something simple that's not you, you know maybe you watched one too many documentaries like I've done, and it's like okay, I need something that's a lot more positive. What's funny and cute? Here we go, fairies. I can deal with that. So. No more videos on how spaghetti is made. Um, let's just jump to that. So yeah, so there's a whole bunch of lists. I'm sure we'll watch more of that mm -hmm. later on. Uh, but it was cute. Um, and you know, of the three, I, it's you know, okay, well, it's easy to say what I don't like. But if you do want a movie to watch and you have a little bit of time, uh, Tinkerbell and the Great Fairy Rescue is pretty damn good. Disney Plus, yeah. Amazon, all that stuff. The short uh, float can be found on Disney Plus as well. The other one um, um, can be found on YouTube if you 
want. If you uh, really want to see something bad. Really funny before I end it up. I will say you can buy it on Amazon, but I must have gone to like the European site because all the episodes in the series are in another language that I can't pronounce. So I'm not sure if what I was looking at was actually would have been in English. <laughs> but if you go on Amazon, it's there. I just don't know how to decipher it because I, I can't speak uh, French or German or whatever it is. Anyway, um, we hope you had a good time. We got part two of this actually coming up the end of the week with our best buddy here coming back. Uh, we're going to have some fun with that as well. We do have another fun one tomorrow. We're going to give a famous celebrity a Pokemon team and see if you guys because we picked a funny one to start with, for sure. And as always, we have a whole new schedule coming up next week very soon. And I'm sure we will get our awesome lady here back again. Five, six, seven times, however many days are in a week. I don't know. Um, until then, guys, please stay safe. Please stay healthy. Please stay nerdy. And, of course, may the force be with you.